As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Find ways to partner with people that know more than you and they're bringing value to the table. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure, free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name, episode 565, titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And... He is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Now I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free and then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company, and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today, Amir Baluch. How you doing, Amir? Pretty good. How's it going, Joe? It's going well, my friend. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Amir. He is the founder and principal of Funding Nest. His team provides turnkey investment opportunities to investors and his physician colleagues all around the globe. He's also a licensed realtor as well as the owner of Investment Club 
Realty and holds a Series 67 and 22 securities license. His team's closed over $450 million in real estate based in Dallas, Texas. With that being said, Amir, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. My whole goal growing up was actually just to focus on being a doctor, but then I started learning that 80% of multimillionaires generated their wealth through real estate. So at the age of 21, I jumped into it head first with no mentors. We didn't have access to podcasts like Joe's here where you could get information from other people. I was just pounding my head against the wall. But eventually, a few years later, I started investing alongside a private REIT and multifamily. A few years after that, I got my real estate license. I started putting deals together and working with it, putting together a team to help grow my real estate investment business because I knew that this was the key for me. It wasn't going to be just going to work at the hospital every day for the rest of my life. And through that process, as you mentioned, Joe, we have our own brokerage. I believe we're the only one in the Metroplex that focuses solely on investments. We really don't mess with the retail side of it that much, although we won't turn down the business, but we don't focus on that. We do both commercial and residential transactions, developments, fix and flips. And we also coach other people just like you. We like to share our knowledge with other people because I know what it's like to not have knowledge. That's how I got stuck when I was younger getting into this game. So I love giving back to people and giving as much advice as I can. That's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And are you doing anything with the doctor route? Yes, I still do anesthesia. Usually it's from 7 a.m. to about noon, which leaves me most of the day. And some days I take off completely, but I have definitely more than 40 to 60 hours a week to give to real estate. That's incredible. 38, you started at 21 and have some securities license and you have a brokerage. You are also an anesthesiologist, I guess, right? Yeah, I just can't sit still. I just you can't sit still. No kidding. I like to learn. I love to learn. Yeah. So let's talk about, one, how do you balance your time? How do you figure out what to focus on? A couple of things. You've taken a lot of time management courses, and you learn a few tricks here or there. But the number one thing, you have to be very conscious about your time and understand that there's a certain amount of hours in the day and prioritize things. So there's some type of a chart or like a square you can make where you have urgent, non-urgent, and then you have important and not as important, and you put things into those categories. You figure out what needs to be done now at this given moment based off of that, and you prioritize. And eventually the things that don't really matter that much, you procrastinate on those intentionally, or you can outsource so much with virtual assistants, people in India, the Philippines, bring in people to pick up the phone for you. There's so much virtual stuff on there, so much technology we have to increase our own free time, definitely would recommend for people to take a look at that. So that's the key for time management. Do you actually create a chart every day? Not every day, but I have a long list of things to do that has uh-huh. 60 to 70 things on it. Instead of having it in those blocks, I actually have it color-coded based on which block it should be into, like what's urgent and what's not urgent. And a lot of times I don't have to put too many things into blocks because as soon as I see something as a time waster but needs to be done, I just immediately outsource it. I don't even want it to take up space in my brain. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And 
who do you outsource it to? Let's say if I want to Google search, for example, I want to build a call center right now. It might take me a couple hours to actually do the Google research and figure out who's getting what and what the prices are. And I have a virtual assistant that for 10 bucks will do all that searching for me and just give it to me in a nice Excel format and I'll just call up the best one and that's it. Some of the marketing material too, I used to try to do it all myself. It doesn't make sense to do that. You have websites like Fiverr.com or even Upwork. You can outsource this thing for much less than what your time will be worth if you're in the real estate investing world. Even content creation sometimes like a quick blog post or something like that. Although the ones that I publish with my name behind it, I've got to do those myself because it's too hard to find somebody to put all that stuff together. But just some small things like that you can outsource. And the most important things are things that really will make money or make an impact. Those are the ones that I'll handle myself, such as negotiating a contract, face-to-face meetings with a new partner, visiting a plot of land for development. Those things you can't outsource. But that's what I'll focus my time on are those critical elements of a transaction. What service did you hire your virtual assistant through? I can't even remember. We use different ones depending on what I want done. And sometimes, like, for example, Google searches or keyword searches, things like that, have used so many different ones. They all have strengths and weaknesses. just depends. You know, I've used some on Fiverr. I've used some on Upwork. And they've been from all over the world. So it really just kind of depends what I'm looking for. So like the English is kind of tricky. I definitely don't want to hire somebody from India. I need somebody that's fluent in that. If I need something for a medical background for something like that, I would definitely need to hire somebody with an MD or some type of healthcare background. So you're not going to find that on Fiverr most likely. So sometimes I just... Asking other friends that I know use virtual assistants, they give me some recommendations too. So it's kind of a conglomerate of all that. What's the primary way you make money? Right now, it's probably 50-50 anesthesia and real estate. And within real estate specifically, what's the number one way within real estate that you make money? Right now, most of it is coming from our fix and flip transactions. So we'll probably make anywhere from 20 to 60 grand a pop on that net. Number two would come from the retail side. We usually clear about five or six million a year in transactions just on small retail deals. And number three would be wholesale. Okay, that makes sense. Fix and flip transactions, retail brokerage, and then wholesaling. What is your focus? I mean, you just mentioned the call center. Why a call center? What will that do for your business? Well, the game is really just about leads. Really, in any business, you need leads. If you get leads, you can be successful in any business, and you can build the infrastructure to handle the leads. So what I want to do is get large commercial leads and investor leads because the limiting factor for me a lot of times is getting the capital to close on these larger developments, which that's where our next move is going to be. So if I have a call center calling people, pre-qualifying them, see what they're interested in, if they want to invest with me passively, we've got all that ready to go with funding this or just one-on-one partnerships don't have to be a security. Or if somebody doesn't want a partner, some people just like to own things outright. They don't like any partners. That's okay because we can handle the retail side and we could broker them a deal depending on what they're looking for. So we need both those lead sources to scale up. 
And so instead of me making the phone calls all the time, I'm just going to generate some scripts, form a call center. Let's have the person sit in our office here in Uptown Dallas and from maybe four or five hours a day, just make the phone calls and run through a script and we'll see how many leads we get. And we'll keep on tweaking the system until I'm getting so many leads that I won't be able to handle it. Mm. With the leads, what are ways you generate them? Right now, a lot of it has just been networking. We do a lot of coaching, or my brother mainly does a lot of the coaching at a group called the Real Alliance in Dallas. And so we teach other investors how to do fix and flips. And they can either partner with us from day one, or a lot of times what happens is they try to do it themselves. And then they come to us to bail them out. And when we come to bail them out, we really just take over the project and that's kind of like a lead or somebody will come in and they found the deal, but they don't have the money and they come to us and then we close on that. So we get leads like that. We'll pay them a wholesale fee or somebody doesn't know what they're doing. We'll give them a script and tell them to knock on some doors and find leads like that. And then we pay them five to 10 grand once they give us a deal that we approve. The more we give and the more we share, the more leads we get. It's really interesting how that concept works. What's the main project that you focus on besides the call center and scaling the leads? What's another main project that you're focusing on right now as it relates to the real estate business? We have two big projects that we're working on right now. We want to build a subdivision in Fort Worth, which I think you know a lot about Fort Worth. It's a historic district it's just south of 7th Street. But we bought 30 plots of land, and it's just the next progression after fix and flip. It's actually easier to build a home than it is to tear down a part of a house and then build on top of that. So doing a subdivision is almost like doing 30 fix and flips with less headaches. We should be breaking ground on that in about two weeks. That one project will probably net us more money than we've made in the last three or four years with the fix and flips. And it'll be easier also. Another deal we're doing is on the commercial side. I should have a conference call with the attorney in about an hour after this podcast, but it's 20 acres for commercial development. We already have 15 acres almost sold off to a group that will build multifamily on it, and they're buying it at a high enough price where the remaining acres will own free and clear. So within nine months of completing this transaction, we'll have about $3 million worth of frontage on a highway on free and clear to do whatever we want. We could flip the land, we could develop it, we could hold it for a while. So that's another deal we're working on even right now, like in the next hour. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, both of them. And for different reasons, you have 20 acres. How much will you have left about five acres. What are your plans with that? And do you have investor dollars in that deal? I have a couple people that will put in the money right now, but it just depends on what kind of partnership structure they want to have. So I'll definitely be negotiating with both of them. And I would want to partner with the ones that could bring in the most value outside of just bringing money. For example? For example, let's say if a commercial developer wants to invest in this deal with his knowledge and resources, he might have some tenants in his back pocket. I'd rather have him invest because if we decide to build it and get tenants while we're closing on the deal, he might already get some LOIs, letters of intent for the best ever listeners out there. If he gets some letters of intent before we even close on the transaction, we can immediately get the construction loan to start building. So really can turn a speculative deal into a home run just by having those contacts. 
Whereas somebody who's just passively investing and can't bring anything else to the table, well, they're just bringing in some dollars, but that's pretty much it. They're not actually adding value to the deal outside of that. And you're referring to the five acres, right? Correct. Okay. Did you acquire the 20 acres, the original transaction, with investor dollars or your company's own money? Well, actually, it's under contract right now, and it's going to be assigned to me. So somebody else couldn't close on it. And through the grapevine, it got into my hands because I know I like these kinds of transactions. And so kind of negotiating terms with the person who wants to assign it with me at the same time, trying to figure out what my next move is going to be, whether I want to sell three quarters of it to the multifamily developer, or I might even keep that and do residential deals. So even this minute right now, my brother is actually doing due diligence on the residential side and crunching some numbers to see if that makes more sense for us to do. Mm-hmm. What is the process for doing the due diligence on the 20 acres? How do you know which option to go with? Well, that's a good question because a lot of people can't answer this. This is why I don't advise anybody to go out there and just buy land. When you buy land, you definitely have to know what the best use is. Is it commercial? Is it residential? If it's commercial, which asset class? You want to do multifamily? Should it be office? Should it be retail? So what we'll have to do is we put together pro formas for each one of those options. A pro forma is just lining up all the numbers with costs and income to see what will generate the most amount of money for the money we put into the deal. So we kind of already know what retail would do based on current comps, and we are figuring out what will happen if we do residential. And if it becomes multifamily, we're actually just selling the land and we know what the sales price is of the land. So we know how much money we're making there. But for example, let's say if we want to do residential, my brother's looking at what the sales price would be, the days on market, what our costs are going to be. This is raw land. We have to know what's the cost going to be to actually make it usable. Is the city going to get in the way? Are there any restrictions? What if we're forced to have some roads in this 15 acres or 20 acres? Well, now we can't build as many houses. So let's say it was a home run building 100 homes. Well, if the city gets in the way, they're like, no, you can only build 60. Well, there goes 40% of your net income. So every single step of the way, you got to plan it all out as fast as possible and see which one is the safest at the same time makes the most amount of money for the dollars you're investing and over what period of time? You all haven't done ground-up development yet, correct? Did I hear that earlier? We're actually partners with people doing ground-up development, but by ourselves, we haven't done it. On the subdivision in Fort Worth, will you be partnering with someone who has, or are you doing this on your own? That one's going to be our first project where we're doing it ourselves. And what allows you to sleep at night knowing that you're not partnering with someone else and you haven't done it before? Because building on a lot that has already been developed to put a house on is easier than the fix and flips. Imagine doing a fix and flip, but you don't have to tear anything down. And for example, the real numbers would be each lot is averaging about $15,000. Our all-in cost to build a home is about 75, 85 grand. It will take about four months. We already have buyers for all the homes already in California or even my friends will buy them as turnkey rentals and sales price will be about 140 grand. 
So we already have the end buyers. We know what our costs are. The land is already pretty much developed. We just got to put a house on it. So it's probably the easiest way to get started in, <laughs> in mm-hmm. residential development. What do you think they rent for? They're going to rent for right around 1%, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So 1% meaning 1% of whatever the purchase price is. So if we sell it for 140 grand, you're probably going to get about $1,400 of rent a month. Okay. How many homes will be there? 30 homes. So you're projecting roughly a $30,000 profit per home? Plus or minus, it's going to depend how much we end up paying to the investors also. Mm-hmm. But the total project should net a little over a million dollars when we're all said and done. It's exciting stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Amir, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best advice I have for all the best listeners out there would be to find ways to partner with people that know more than you and they're bringing value to the table. And the reason I say this is when I first started getting involved in real estate, this when I was 21, I couldn't get anything done. I was going to the courthouse and getting a paper version of a list of foreclosures and running around. It just takes a long time to learn the hard way on your own. It's better to partner up with somebody that's been there, done that. It accelerates the process of you being successful and it decreases the chance of you losing any capital or any sweat equity you have in the deal. So even if by partnering you make a little bit less, at least you're making some money or you're more likely to make money and you're going to do it in a shorter amount of time. And then as you learn from your partners, then you can become more and more independent. That's probably the best advice I have. You can apply that to anything, not even just real estate. It could be any type of business or even if you want to learn to play the guitar or really anything that you want to be good at, partner with somebody that's better than you and that's bringing value to the table. I've witnessed that firsthand in my own business and I embrace that best ever advice. That's for sure. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right, let's do it. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's going to give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you. Adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com. What's the best ever book you've read? The best book I've read is probably going to be Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the reason I say that is the principles in that book last forever. Nothing has changed in the decades that the book has been out. And it's especially applicable to real estate because real estate is really a people business. So if you can't work with people – You can't manage people. If you can't have a conversation, you can't get people to remember you, good luck. You're probably better off just doing something like IT or building apps or something behind a computer. (laughs) 
It's just not going to work. All the deal flow you get, the building relationships, that's kind of like the grease behind everything that makes things run smoothly. It's being able to work with people, and that's the best book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If no one likes you, then stop listening because you might as well go do something else and go listen to a podcast about building applications on your phone, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Best ever deal you've done. I would like to say closing on these 30 plots of land because this is really the next progression of where we're going is going to be 30 fix and flips. Our basis in the deal is excellent. We probably bought this land about 60, 70 cents on the dollar for what it's worth. So there's really no way we can lose on this. We could flip the land anytime and really 30 fix and flips. Let's say if it took us two years to do that and we could knock this out with very minimal time. So that's probably my best deal there is closing on that land and building on it, which is going to happen in about two weeks. How do you get the price to be 60 cents on the dollar? Well, it was some distressed property that was taken back by the city of Fort Worth. And we had an in with somebody in the city and they were looking for somebody to help turn around the neighborhood a little bit and develop it and bring more people to that area and they wanted to be kind of renovated and not a lot of people wanted to jump into that area, but we were, and they liked us because my brother and I both have read that Dale Carnegie book. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they decided to sell it to us and that was it. We beat out a couple other developers that were putting in offers at a higher price than us. We still got it at a lower price, even though offers were 10 to 20% higher than our offer. What's the best ever way you like to give back? You know, I have a couple different ways to give back. One is actually through my book, Make It, Keep It, New Wealth Strategies for Physicians. It's just kind of all the knowledge that I have just on the basics of investing in general. And there's definitely a lot of good real estate chapters in there. I just roll it all up and just almost give it away for free. You can get it on Kindle for 99 cents. So I think that'll make my physician friends, tens of thousands of dollars in better decisions. We also give back by training other real estate investors. We never charge for our time. We're just happy to see other people join along. And as they grow, we might become partners. If they don't grow, hey, they might be able to feed us deals. And we're happy for them wherever they go in their career. And on the charity side, I'm a Sapphire sponsor of the Dallas Margarita Society and Dallas Children's Charity. So Every year we raise just over a million dollars in one night and we distribute it to about 70 children's charities in the Metroplex. And Joe, you're probably familiar with that when you were living down here. Yep. I haven't been personally involved, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Those are the three biggest ways we like to give back. What's a mistake you've made on a particular deal that stands out? Sometimes working with friends is not always a good idea because when there's money involved and things like that. So there was a deal where one of my friends wanted to do a fix and flip and he needed a hard money lender. So I lent him the money. I said, okay, you're coming in at a good enough basis. I know I'm not going to lose. But I was really hoping for a pretty good return. When you start putting some terms in there where he loses all the equity in the deal after working months and months, and you get all your money back plus a little bit, they might not like that that much, although that was the terms that he agreed to. So I try to not really get involved with friends that much as business partners. If they want to passively invest in my deals, that's fine. But 
I kind of think twice about working with really good friends. What happened with that deal? We had to take over the project pretty much and steer it in a different direction and upgrade it a little bit, get a new broker to sell it, and that's pretty much it. So, But we should actually have a buyer in the next two days, so we'll be okay. Boy, a lot's happening within two weeks. I know. <laughs> There's always a lot going on. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? A couple different ways. You can reach out to me at baluchbulletin.com. My last name's B-A-L-U-C-H. I'm also on LinkedIn. If you look up Amir Baluch, a really good way is I'm going to have a little special gift for all the listeners out there. If you go to baluchbulletin.com forward slash E on fire, I have a special deal that they can download with tons of advice for anybody that's doing anything real estate related. So it'll be a really good little addition to whatever knowledge base that your best ever listeners have. Sounds like you were on Entrepreneur on Fire and you created that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good. Well, Amir, enjoyed our conversation and hearing about the different ventures you have from the subdivision historic district of Fort Worth, Texas, where you bought 60 cents on the dollar because you're just a likable guy and you had an inside connection with a person in the city. You are building the lots cost 15K a piece all in to build 85K. So you're at 100K all in and the sales price is expected to be about 140,000. And then also the commercial deal with the 20 acres that you're working on, haven't closed yet, we're working on and trying to come up with the best approach for structuring that deal. And then the lessons learned along the way as far as finding ways to partner with people who know more than you and bring value to the table because you'll make less money on that particular transaction, but you're more likely to make money and do it in a shorter amount of time. And then eventually you can branch off and stand on your own two feet. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes. Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at beforethemillions.com. That's beforethemillions.com.